The all-new Hyundai 2024 Santa Fe is equipped with everything you need to break free from the dull work week and embark on an adventurous weekend with your family. And that's because the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe has some great features like the available H-Track all-wheel drive, standard third-row seating, available dual wireless charging pads, and much, much more. So think about those places that you want to go, the things that you'd like to do this weekend and where the Santa Fe can take you. Learn more about the all new Hyundai Santa Fe at HyundaiUSA.com. Call 562-314-4603 for complete details. Robert Half Research indicates nine out of 10 hiring managers are having difficulty hiring. If you have open roles, chances are you're feeling this too. That's why you need Robert Half. Our specialized recruiting professionals engage with our proprietary AI to connect businesses of all sizes with highly skilled talent in finance and accounting, technology, marketing and creative, legal, and administrative and customer support. At Robert Half, we know talent. Visit roberthalf.com today. Freaking first cut. Golly! Welcome to the First Cup Podcast. I'm Rick Gaiman, and this is your round one recap for this week's Zurich Classic. Joining me to break it all down is Mark Immelman. Mark, hello to you. Hello to you. You're in some new digs over there. It's looking very official. On the road bit, yes. Uh, getting, yeah, this is a, this is, as far as road setups go, this is, a, this is about as good as it gets. Usually I'm in a hotel room somewhere, or like something funky's happening. On the road, you've got a picture of Rom there over your... Uh, there he is, John Rom. That's right. Well, I'm on the road tomorrow morning on the way to New Orleans. I heard that's, the weather's going to be rough. That's because live coverage, Mark, begins Saturday and Sunday at 3 Eastern on CBS. I got I got to hit the ad right out Perfect of the gate. Segue. Perfect segue. <laughs> <laughs> uh, we are going to talk about uh, the comings and goings of New Orleans. We are going to talk about who is at the top of the leaderboard. But we have not had a chance to fire up a first cut pod since Tiger Woods uh, tweeted out a statement that says he underwent, Mark, a, good luck here, sub-Taylor fusion procedure to address his post-traumatic arthritis from his previous talus fracture. Now, I'm no doctor, but luckily everyone on Twitter is, and this tells me that he got uh, an ankle procedure done to decrease the pain in his ankle yeah and uh this is a shameless twitter plug if you go check out my uh, twitter handle mark underscore immelman um i retweeted a guy called bill mallon who's a previous pga former pga tour player doctor a duke university grad who is basically an ortho specialist and he gave an awesome thread it's bill b-i-l-l-m-a-l-l-o-n uh, a thread of you know, what it entailed, what we can expect, et cetera, et cetera. And it's essentially where two areas of the bone were fused because apparently where Tiger had the surgery done, it was a very uh, vascular area of the foot and leg. So with that happening, there's no chance they can replace all of the veins and the capillaries and stuff through there. So as a result, the bone will start to deteriorate and die in places. And when that happens, that's when arthritis sets in. Now, again, I'm paraphrasing. If folks want to read the whole thing, go and check out my Twitter. Um, and so this doctor said, so the arthritis sets in when the bone starts to die because there's not enough blood supply. And so um, this procedure where they shave portions of the bone where the joint was bad, and they basically fused it together. 
um, and he goes, it's it's a procedure that's, I, I wouldn't say routine, but the chances of recovery are good. He said the good news was that it's Tiger's right leg. If it was his left leg, he goes, it would be career ending because what they're doing is they're fusing the ankle joint. Right. So ostensibly, he won't have the mobility in the ankle like he does in his forward leg, his left leg. And so imagine if that's a left leg injury. There's no room to pivot, move, or anything. So he could never hit a full golf shot again. Given that it's on the right leg, there is some, there's a bright spot on the horizon. But that being said, it's a hectic procedure. Um, it's going to take, he said, uh, anywhere from three to six months to heal, but it's on the doctor. He said right. he doubts he'll see Tiger for the rest of the year. He says I, he doesn't think he'll see Tiger until the Masters. Again, I'm paraphrasing. Go check out my Twitter. Um, but it's a grisly sort of a thing, but it's really just a function of of miracles that were done done to fix Tiger's right leg from the accident. Right. Because all in sundry was figuring he'd never walk again, let alone play golf. But now you, we, we, we're dealing with the ramifications thereof. So it's, it's not nice at all. Yeah. So the general consensus here is uh, less motion, but also less pain. Yeah. And I've got, I've got that Twitter thread that you're referring to here. And uh, Bill says, Dr. Bill, it usually takes six weeks to three months for the fusion to take effect. That, that's just to, to take effect. And Tiger will have a uh, limited weight bearing during that time. You might see him in a cast, a splint, a boot. You might see him using one of those rolling strollers where you, yeah, you put your knee on it and you, and you kind of roll throughout. It's kind of a uh, surgeon's discretion as far as that goes. But it seems like, Mark, uh, best case scenario, best case scenario, if, if he's back to competitive golf, is probably at least a year away. Yeah. Um, well, look. Remember how we were having this conversation, when was Tiger coming back, when was Tiger coming back, and all of a sudden Tiger was back way more than all of us, way earlier than all of us were opining or figuring, uh, just because he's that mentally strong. But I think right now Tiger realizes, hold on, um, you know, it's been mind over matter for the longest time in my career. Now, I don't want to sacrifice the ability to walk for the rest of my life, so I think he'll probably be a little more cognizant of it. Um, I, I feel like his actions at the Masters uh, would demonstrate that some because old Tiger largely would have battled through. He did withdraw after the third round at the PGA Championship at Southern Hills last year. But the fact that he pulled out midway through, um, uh, when was it, the second round or the third round, the Masters, I can't recall, I recall now, sort of tells me that he's putting his own physical well-being before anything else. Because, look, he's a dad, and he wants to play golf with Charlie, even if it's nine holes in a cart. Or he wants to go and watch Sam play soccer and this sort of stuff. So it's real. Uh, and now this is the human element to it. It's not necessarily Tiger Woods, the record-breaking golfer. Okay, well, we will obviously keep an eye on that uh, moving forward. But we're going to turn our attention to New Orleans. And I've already teased it, but uh, we're going to take a quick break and hear a word from our partners. Did you know that more than 75% of Americans will experience foot pain in their lifetime, but only 10% will seek out a solution for that pain? Those numbers do not add up to me, and I know it can be confusing, the biomechanics of the foot, the bones, the muscles, everything in between, but solving foot pain is simple, and that's where Superfeet comes into play. These Superfeet insoles go into your shoes, give your feet comfort and support where they need it the most, and redistribute the forces that reduce both stress and strain through your entire body 
not just your feet. Insoles have been uh, phenomenal for me uh, personally, and they are clinically proven to decrease fatigue, reduce injury, and improve comfort. I can attest to that myself, especially when walking uh, a lot of golf holes that I play. So if you feel good, you play good, you look good, everything works out from there and it starts from the bottom up. Visit superfeet.com and enter promo code FIRST at checkout for 15% off your first order plus free shipping. It's a really fine line creating workout clothes that are great in the gym and workout clothes that are also great to look at outside the gym and Viore has threaded that needle. They are designed to work out in, but they don't look like it. They don't feel like it. And it's incredibly comfortable stuff, whether you are running, training, swimming, doing yoga, running errands, lounging around the house. It really doesn't matter. These are versatile clothes. You'll find me often in the men's Sunday performance jogger because I I like the jogger situation that goes on down at the bottom, but they're very comfortable. Uh, They've got a little bit of a shorter inseam, so they're not as bulky as as other pants or other joggers that I have seen out there. And I've really enjoyed how they work both in and out of the gym. So now here's what you can do for for our listeners. Uh, First time purchasers are getting 20% off. All you have to do is go to viori.com slash first. That's V-U-O-R-I.com slash first. Again, not only will you receive 20% off your first order, but enjoy free shipping on any U.S. orders over $75. And here's my favorite part, free returns. Yeah, go check it out. Viori.com slash first and discover the versatility of Viori clothing. And we're back. Quick reminder, Saturday, Sunday, 3 Eastern, CBS will be where you'll be able to find this event we're talking about right now. And Mark, uh, we didn't get a 59. There's still some guys out on the golf course, but 62 is the best round in the clubhouse. Four different teams fired it. So if you like birdies, if you like eagles, if you like ham and you like eggs, today was your day. Certainly was four ball. You would be expecting this stuff and, and the golf course. I haven't been there. I watched it at home like most, but I'll be there tomorrow afternoon, albeit the fact that it's supposed to get some thunderstorms and stuff throughout the day. But the golf course looked as good as I've ever seen it. The greens were pure. It's as green as I've seen it, and that sort of means that it's uh, receptive receptive because ordinarily, um, the time the tournament rolls around, the overseed is sort of burnt off. But it looks green. It looks receptive. The greens were rolling great. It's best ball, so if you're playing well and making putts, you can get busy, and uh, like we mentioned in the pregame podcast, all the par fives here are reachable for basically everybody in the field. So that's four guaranteed birdies. We saw certain couples make two eagles around. So low scores were on, but you had to still hit the ball well because we saw a few decorated couples not make putts or not get the ball close enough and then miss putts. And, and so it wasn't all low shooting, but it certainly was there to be had if you were playing well. Keith Mitchell and Sung J.M., one of those in at 62. And Mark, this uh, friendship, this uh, partnership has forged a quick bond. They went out in 31, in in 31, added up 62 for this pairing of Mitchell and M. Yeah, they're so complimentary, the games. You know, Sung J is sort of easygoing. They're both easygoing, but Sung J is easygoing and a really stout iron player is accurate. Uh, whereas Keith Mitchell's got the power. And um, I think it's a beautiful couple for four ball because, you know, Sanjay can get down there, get one in the fairway, and Keith can just open his shoulders. And we saw him, you know, he was sort of lurking around the place some, but Sanjay did 
you know, the bulk of the work in terms of making the birdies. But Keith then on uh, their third to last hole, it was the seventh on the front nine, uh, made that eagle you see there over there. And it was, it was a reachable five. We had like a driver and a medium iron in there. Get in there to about 10 feet. And that kept that run of threes going on. You can see there, the, there on the second nine, that was the first nine as, as you play the course. It was their uh, fifth three in a row and uh, their sixth in like seven holes. So it was a crazy stretch of golf that he kept there with a the big eagle. So I think it's a very comfortable pairing. I'm not so sure they're going to go away. I did think that, you know, um, Keith looked a little loose. I was surprised they got out with a par three on their final hole, the ninth, the difficult par three. They both hit it in the water. Um, and Sungjae chipped in for par. Uh, but Keith there, after Sungjae had rinsed one, gets up there with a medium iron and hits it in the water as well. So Mitchell looked a touch loose with a golf swing to me, um, but it's so simple. I'm sure he'll fix it up before they get out uh, tomorrow afternoon. Mark, I was looking through our mega preview pod, and I noticed that only one of us had Sung J.M. and Keith Mitchell as their one-and-done selection, and you are lucky enough to be staring at them. Yeah, well, I <laughs> I mentioned, remember, I was like, I've got places I'm going to use Sung J down the road some, and my combination in Billy and Sam Burns did a little better than I expected them to today. So um, I, I considered Keith and Sung J for a long time, but... Keith is a guy I can plug in, you know, somewhere like a 3M-ish sort of place. Uh, he plays those sorts of bent grass golf course as well. And Sungjae is a major championship player to me. So um, I'm going to store him for when uh, you don't have weapons like that stuff at your disposal. Well, I'm certainly sure nothing has ever gone wrong by taking a Thursday afternoon victory lap like I just have. <laughs> That's never backfired before. Uh, the bros, the Fitzpatricks, Matt and Alex, uh, living up to the hype a little bit out in... 32 and then they kind of get hot coming in uh that's a 30 you add it all up it's a 62 they're also in at 10 under par and i i think you know mark when you you know we're showing the scorecard here mm -hmm. on youtube and um you know you're looking at it from the matt versus not versus but alex perspective and it, it was a slow start for alex you know i think that um when you're basically playing with like three of the top six players in the world. It was Homa, Morikawa, and your big bro, Matt Fitzpatrick. You got off to a little bit of a, of a slow start, but he made four birdies uh, on, on the second nine and really contributed to this team. I think he got comfortable. Yeah, he was a little nervous to start, and I'm going to take a victory lap and pat myself on the back some too because on our pregame part, I'm like, look, I've watched Alex play. He's good, uh, and he just needs a chance. And what a way to get your chance where – you kind of the wingman for somebody and someone who you know very well and someone whose game you trust. And, and what a great place to be when you get out there and you have your first foray and you're a bit nervy to start, but you got uh, one of the top players in the world on your side. And then he sort of just goes along and then he frees you up to play what you can play like. And that's what we saw in the second nine there where um, he made a beautiful birdie on uh, six, which is a tough par four. It was their 15th, um, Alex, that is. Get some beautiful shots coming in. And on the final hole, um, uh, uh, Matt hit the ball in the water. And Alex was up there by himself. It's the ninth hole. He's there 18th. He's up there by himself. It's a tough par three. The green is tiny with bulkheads and water down the left, four lock down the right-hand side. Hits it into the middle of the green. Puts it up there to about five feet. And now he's going to make this for 10. And you could see it was an awesome camera shot from the tower behind the green. And they were looking down, and there was Matt right behind as we were watching Alex putt. 
sort of 15 feet from him. And you could see Matt knew this putt was important. And Alex got up there and buried that thing with authority, like right in the hearts. And I was like, that must have felt to him like a million bucks. And when Marikawa and, uh, no, 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 yeah, playing with Colin and Max, right? When they came over and, and congratulated him, you could see he was like, man, this is cool. This is where I belong. So I, I have an inkling that this couple might go from strength to strength. I, I really do, because they looked good on the second nine. Yeah, exciting to see what they do in the alternate shot format tomorrow. So those are our two big-time groups uh, in at 10 under par. Two lesser-known groups also in at 10 under par. David Lipsky and Aaron Rymark, who finished T4 at this event last year, looking to improve on that finish. And Henrik Norlander and Luke List, who uh, statistically, neither of them putt very well, but they putted well enough. Both of those teams got in at 62 today. Yeah, and you and Kyle had something to say about that. I, I think Kyle was like, yeah, well, he can't count on that guy, those guys, because they can't make a putt yeah well that's just best ball you you kind of ham and egg it to use your term you get together these guys these two are Lipsky and Raya we're seeing the images they played a they shot 61 first round last year so they're comfy uh their comments after the round were like we play a similar game we hit the ball the same distance they've played together on the DP world tour so very comfortable and Aaron's been playing nice golf over the last bit he hasn't like made a splash on leaderboards but he's been solid throughout and when in best ball, you have someone who's reliable, it makes someone like a Lipsky feel like you can play free. And that's the challenge to me when you play at any level, but especially this level, is to find that place where you can be comfortable in this uncomfortable environment. And when you've got someone rock solid on your wing, like a Matt Fitzpatrick or a Dave, uh, Aaron Rye, that lets you free up some. And all of a sudden, this uncomfortable spot, which is playing golf in the PGA Tour, gets a bit more comfortable. and. Look, these guys don't fall onto the tour. They earn their way there so they can go. And when they feel like they can, they can free will some, that's when they do their best stuff. Let's hit some notables here. Uh, Billy Horschel and Sam Burns, that's your one-and-done selection. They are two off the pace at eight under par. Billy Horschel, who's been struggling a lot in 2023, Mark, he, he led the pace here. They used uh, five of his birdies to three of Sam Burns' birdies. So these two are, are back at it again. A lot of confidence and a, and a great rapport out there in this format. A couple things with Horschel, and this is where in the one and done why I decided to go this way, because like I'd mentioned in the pregame, I really did consider Keith and Sungjae. Um, but there's something about Billy. Um, he plays this golf course beautifully. He's one year individually. He's one year with Scott Piercy as a partner, who's a good ball striker, but not the best putter in the world. And, you know, oftentimes when you go to a golf course you've had success at, even though your game's not completely there, you just know the reads on the greens and and it feels good when you're on the tee and the locker room works for you. And, and I don't know, probably staying in the same hotel and has gone to the same restaurant. So there's this, this feeling where again, it's like, it's a traveling road show, but he's like, okay, this kind of feels like home a little bit. So that's maybe why Billy started to play better. But then also I watched some of the PGA tour live footage of these two this morning. And um, Billy was typically Billy. He was like the cheerleader for Sam Burns. And I think as a result, Billy had less time to bemoan his fate for some of the mistrikes that he'd been having in previous events. Like I mentioned, Mark Fulcher, you see the image of Fuchs on Billy's bag. We were down at the Honda and we had Billy for two rounds. I thought the ball striking was functional, but Billy was complaining nonstop. And Fuchs came to me and he goes, it's not that bad. He's just got to play. And I think with Billy being there for Burns, 
it detracted from Billy's self sort of inward focus, if you will. He started to get external a little bit. And so as a result, he's like beefing his boy up. He's in a happy place. And then you just start letting it go and you start making putts. And next thing, you know, all's well with the world. So there was a little bit of that on the go. And, and these two look dynamites. I mean, they really did together. Yeah, they're such a good team in this in this format. Uh, one of the more popular teams coming into this event was Colin Morikawa and Max Homa. They are in at six under 66 as of this moment. There'll be a little bit of movement here, but that's a, a, a tie for 37. T33 and cuts are, are and ties are going to make the cut. And Mark, this is this is they salvaged this day. They mm-hmm. were only one under through 10 holes. And I think there was a lot of panic buttons being pressed. They were able to get a, a couple of birdies late and, and get in and just be four off the pace. But this this was looking like a disaster for a while. Yeah, it was a little bit. And again, like we pointed out, I, I'm not that hot on this group right now. Um, Homer wasn't hitting the ball that solidly for him. He was okay. He wasn't putting very well. Um, Marikawa, on the other hand, I saw him on the one par five. Um, I think it might have been seven was their 16th hole. Setting up down the left center of the fairway and hit this high hook into a fairway or left of a fairway bunker. And that's a miss that's so uncharacteristic. So neither of them were as sharp as they could be or should be. Um, But that was a big finish to the round. But Again, it does. I, I, it just doesn't elicit a lot of confidence to me. I know it was a fast finish, but in PGA Tour locker room parlance, there's a whole lot of smoke and mirrors going on here right now, and that finish over there was some of that to me. But now they're likely to prove me wrong. But right now, it wasn't that convincing for Six Under. Yeah, another slow start for the favorites, Xander Shoffley and Patrick Cantlay. They went out in one under. They've made two different bogeys. They're still out on the course mark. They just made a birdie on 16 to move to five under par. So they've got two holes to play, including the par five 18th. So they're going to have an opportunity to get this to maybe six, seven under par if things go really well. Um, They're obviously still in it, but this was not the, the fast start that I think that most people were expecting. Have no fear. It's alternate shot in the next round, in round two. And um, look, if they make a birdie to finish, 17 is a bit of a brute of a par three, but if they birdie, make three, four to finish, they're okay. They'll be out tomorrow morning um, where if you look through the scoring, all of the low scores came from the morning wave of players. In the afternoon, the golf course firmed up some. The greens got a little crispy in spots. You could see some sort of burnout areas of rye and a lot of grain on the greens was showing. So reading putts was harder. I saw on uh, PGA Tour Live a number of putts from low level where the camera crew, the operators, did an awesome job of getting that down the line um, view, you know, of the golf ball and the putter. You'd see a ball starting out, out on line and sort of sidewind and then bounce off line. So tomorrow morning, if they get out, some better, some better greens, some softer conditions, they can get right back in it because to if you shoot three or four under in um, alternate shots, you're doing yeoman's work. So I, I, I wouldn't I wouldn't hit the panic button with those two just yet. So let's set this up here uh, because we we still have golf or, or teams out on the golf course right now. There's a couple at eight under. I mean, uh, Wyndham Clark and Bo Haas are eight under through 14. Ryan Gerard, Ben Griffin, eight under through 13. So we could see some movement at the top of this leaderboard. But um, you, you talked about tomorrow. Well, tomorrow, the PGA Tour has already announced that they're moving tee times up an hour and 20 minutes. They're trying to avoid some weather. It is going to be the 
uh, in my opinion, uh, the, the most interesting format that we're going to get this week, the, the alternate shot where, you know, there, there's no hiding out there, Mark. You're going to have to play from wherever your partner puts you. And like you said, a couple under par is a great day's work. It is. Uh, what's going to be very interesting is my flight into New Orleans tomorrow morning because that's going to be like Captain Kangaroo at the helm of the thing, bouncing through all the storm cl clouds and stuff. But uh, look, it's going to be variable weather. Uh, the, green, the golf course will be softer. Alternate shot is difficult. Um, and it's the kind of place where even though the course may be receptive, you know, ahead of storms or behind storms, you always get gusty winds. And gusty winds kind of, um, if there's one thing that's going to defend a golf course against the PGA Tour professional, it's unpredictable wind. You know, if the velocity is consistent from one direction, they can play. But if it's in and out, you know, in, down, whatever the case might be, it makes club selection hard. So when you're playing uh, every second, every third shot, basically, you, you get a shot off, mm -hmm. you might go for a little while before you hit a five-footer, or you might go for a little while between hitting drivers or something like that. So... It's hard to establish a rhythm. You've got to be out there knowing tomorrow that I've just got to hit this shot as well as I can. And wherever it lands, my partner's got the thing. And then I've got it from there on. So uh, alternate shots as much a, a discipline mentally as what it is physically. So it's challenging. It's always been the separator in this event, in my opinion. And um, I think you'll see a whole lot of leaderboard movement in, in both the alternate shot days tomorrow and Sunday. Uh, I think we will as well. This is going to change, but let's look at the uh, lead, the odds board here uh, as of right now, up to the minute. So this could change by the time round one is complete. But look at this. Sung J M and Keith Mitchell at 10 under par are the betting favorites according to Caesar Sportsbook. And despite a little bit of a slow start for Xander uh, Shoffley and Patrick Cantlay, they are the second shortest odds at 9-1. to one. And then you've got a couple of uh, you know dark horses, Wyndham Clark and Bo Hostler at 10-1. to one. The, the team of Homakawa, that is all the way down at 18 to one mark. And then the Fitzpatrick's hanging in there at 12. Anything here you think worth uh, worth talking about? Well, given how I'd uh, blown so much hot air about uh, Alex Fitzpatrick, I'd certainly have a little <laughs> flutter over there. Um, and I don't know what Wyndham and Bo Hustler shot, but I would take Sahith Igala and Justin Sa over Clark and Hustler every day of the week. I mean, every day of the week. So that's kind of where I would be going. But I'd like to hear what your take data-wise would be. Yeah, on. so Clark and Hostler are still out there right now. So they're they're eight under through 14 last I saw. So I think books are hedging a little bit in case they get hot and get in it at you know 10 under when this thing is said and done. Um, so this is, it's funny, Mark, because I, I never say this, but like this is kind of the one week we just throw the data out the window, right? I mean, there's just so many different variables. I, I like the way the Sahith and Sa team makes birdies. Right now, so I think they're going to be very dangerous. Obviously, on Thursday, I think they're going to be very dangerous on Saturday. I I think that, like I saw, I saw Sahith play from all over the yard today, and I, they're going to put each other in some really awkward positions. I think on Friday and Sunday. So um, that one I think is interesting. I I think the best bet to make right now are the Fitzpatrick's. You know, I I, I really I, you can almost see the moment. Alex got comfortable, mm -hmm. right? He stops looking around saying, do I belong in this group of these guys? And he just started playing well. And I think that once you got past that, you're tied at the lead as of this moment, you're going to go to a, a format where you can rely on your brother. I, I think that's, I think that's the right play to go. Well, yes. Two observations to that. First off, 
he's going to get uncomfortable really quickly if it's late Saturday afternoon and they're on the leaderboard. For sure. And Sunday will be the same thing. But if you look through the history of this event, since it's been a a couples, a teams event, you've had Kevin Kisner and Scott Brown win. Mm -hmm. Actually, not win. They got into a playoff against Jonas Blixt and Cameron um, Smith. And Brownie, Scott Brown, that is, is a good player, but he's no Kevin Kisner. And with Kisner on his wing, Scott Brown became a different guy. Mm-hmm. And, you know, at that stage, Cameron Smith was just a young, talented Aussie. And Jonas, as much as what he's wild off the tee, he had won once or twice in the tour. So he was the comfort blanket. And yes, it's going to be uncomfortable for Alex, but he's got a major champion on his side. Mm-hmm. And it's not just a playing partner. It's a big brother who can say to you, yo, get your head out of your rear end if he needs to. <laughs> or he can say, come on now, you got this. So, so I think in as much as what, They'll be around of that. I'm convinced, and it'll get uncomfortable for Alex. I mean, what, what good fortune to be in a situation like this where we've seen, like with Scott Piercy and Billy Horschel. Piercy's won twice on tour, I think it was, and one of the wins was here, and he had Billy riding him like a jockey coming down the stretch. I had the group, so so it's it it's like you're uncomfortable because you're contending. But you're okay because you got this wingman, and and to have a major champion on your side is, is is a big deal, and 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 what a chance to get your first PGA Tour win. Now I know it's Thursday, yeah. Just in case we don't talk before Sunday evening, you know. <laughs> yeah. Well, uh, these teams will be put to the fire uh, tomorrow on Friday when they go to alternate shot, and we'll see probably an inverted leaderboard. The teams that we talked about tonight will probably be completely different from the teams we talk about 24 hours from now. Big thanks to producer Josh does all the hard work behind the scenes. Mark Immelman available on Twitter at Mark underscore Immelman, and you can find me at Rick Run Good. This has been the first cut. We'll catch you next time. Baseball has begun, which means you need to listen to Fantasy Baseball Today in 5, part of the CBS Sports Podcast Network. Join Scott White, Chris Towers, and me, Frank Samphill, every Monday through Saturday as we deliver all of your fantasy baseball needs in just five minutes. We'll break down the biggest performers, news, and prospects who could make an impact this season. Make sure to download and follow on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, the Odyssey app, and everywhere else podcasts are found. 